you just can go, I know enough about the Lord that this matters to him. So you know what? On Tuesday mornings, we all get together and X, Y, or Z. It, it, you have total liberty. And as long as you're uh, cultivating the, the presence of the Lord in your household, you can have as much fun as you like. What's up, boss? This is Abraham's Wallet. We span the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Well, I'm really happy to to be... um talking to you uh, today, Mark. This is not the normal Mark Parrott. This is Mark Douglas, who is a dear old friend who lives in Texas. And um, I, I, Mark is one of my oldest and dearest friends on planet Earth. And I had the, um, the blessing of being with um, Mark's family uh, just a few months ago. And I surreptitiously recorded the entire uh, Sabbath evening. I was there for for a Friday night where they do a, a Sabbath deal. I recorded the whole thing. So you're going to be uh, listening to parts of that recording as our conversation goes. And I, I thought Mark would be a great uh, person to talk to about uh, the Sabbath. So uh, welcome to the Abraham's Wallet podcast, Mark. Hi, Stephen. Hey. It's so nice of you to have me on. I feel like I'm a returning guest to SNL. I think we did. Yeah, a, yeah. You, you, we did you a film are, review. You're, you're, you're a multi-timer. That's right. Um, but before we get into the Sabbath, just by way of introduction, I know uh, the, the guys who are aware of it are very excited about your Viceroy project. Can you describe that to us and, and maybe tell us how people could, could get involved if they love what they're about to hear from you? Sure. Theviceroyproject.com. And it's for men who run a lot of stuff. And it's essentially a community that we're building um, of like-minded guys. And we're also equipping. We do a monthly download PDF. And uh, I sling out emails once a week. We have a good time. So it's, um, it, it's a community of, of leaders. Guys, you say guys who are running things. That's right. Um, so these are entrepreneurs, these are creatives, there's a guy that runs a farm and writes books on the side, and um, you, do a, you do book studies with this crew. It, it really is a community. There's a, there is a kind of um, hangout area, kind of like a, a slack where all of these guys are just talking every day to each other, and then you do, um, as you said, a, a monthly kind of e-zine you you said pdfs but it's more like a magazine that that's gets right. thrown into your inbox so that's right great community of dudes at the viceroyproject.com that's right yeah All we'd right. love to have you okay here here we go here's our first audio clip did you write it i wrote it yeah mm-hmm. my man are you going to read one that you wrote? I wrote a Latin uh, song. Hey, yeah, Are so you going to translate it for us? I, 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 I can give it to you in both. <laughs> okay. If you, if you show Agrocoli. Uh, Isn't that lovely? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat shalom. All right. 
Here we go. We're lighting the Sabbath lights. All right. Okay. Okay. Blessed are you, God, King of the universe, who made us holy by the blood of Jesus, who brings light to the world. God, we just bless you for your Sabbath rest. We thank you, God, that you have um, gone before us to just show us how to rest in you. Amen. And God, we just ask that you would be exalted in our conversation tonight. Amen. 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 All right, so since Tim isn't here, I will be washing everybody's hands. All right, Okay, Mark, that was you giving an opening to the little Sabbath ceremony that you have at your house. I was with you as your family celebrated the Sabbath, or as the Jew men say, Shabbat. (laughs) Right, right. I think it helps our listeners to have some working models of, well, here's here's how some people do it. I think the Douglas household is worth emulating because you guys have been doing this a while and you're good at it. So let me just ask you some basic questions up front that we can get into the nitty gritty. One. Yeah, shoot. um, You. So uh, let's just talk about the 24 hour period. Why do you guys celebrate the Sabbath? Aren't you Christians? Yes, we are. We are. And we're not we're not uh, Jewish Christians either. We're thoroughly Scotch Germans, which really just means that. We're easily provoked and also don't have rhythm. You're blood gurgling pagans. You have the yes. Gentile roots. That's our that's our lineage. That's right. Is blood gurgling pagans. Um, so yes, we've been doing it for eight years, and uh, you know, at first we kind of didn't know: Are we even allowed to do this? Right? Because <laughs> you know, I, I, it just it felt like so random that I would just pluck something from a tradition that is not my tradition and say, we're going to do this now. This rem- I'm going to interrupt you and say this reminds me of when you say, are we allowed to do this? This reminds me of you were one of the first of my, my friends to get married. Yes. And I remember, you know, asking you, well, what, what was sex like? What, 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 what was it like? And you said it felt like at any moment the police were going to raid our hotel room on my, on my wedding night because it felt like I'm breaking all the rules right now. That's we've right. Been, we, we've been trying to not do this for 10 years, you know. Oh, oh okay. Now? Now? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, sure. So, so uh, yeah. yeah. So Sabbath was the same way. Like, are we allowed to do this? Yeah. And... <clears throat> We started doing this when our kids were very young, and so um, it was kind of a rowdy scene, right? And um, we were experimenting early and just kind of like learning and adding little bits to it, Um, but it has now become so routine that everybody kind of knows the drill, they're prepping, we're getting into it, Um, and then now it, you know, and for years now, it's just been a lot of fun. And um, we always, most of the time, we always uh, have this Shabbat meal with my brother and his family. So there's 11 people around a table, and that's a minimum. That's so we're, we've, we've also started doing this thing where now, for two out of the four weeks of the month, we are having other people in. So we're running sortie missions off of the Shabbat table, which is we're, we're dragging people in who have no context about what's happening. And I always do a little, 
hey, I know this is going to be kind of weird, but just pretend like you're in a different country. Yeah. And that kind of puts people at ease. And then at the end, we've, I mean, two weeks ago, we had a, a young lady at the table, and she at the end said, This has been the most amazing thing that I've experienced in years. Mm-hmm. And she said, I grew up in a family that didn't even eat together at the table, period. Wow. Period. And this was this was a high functioning family by most other metrics. And yeah, so yeah. she she just said, you guys do this, uh, throw something like this every week. Yes, and you're welcome at this table. So wow. it's been a lot of fun. So let me ask again, why do you celebrate this Sabbath? Right. Well, <clears throat> boy, I, I really didn't answer that question. Um, <laughs> the The truth is, is that I would work seven days a week. I, I just would. I like working. Um, I like everything that I'm building. I like the people I work with. And that work is very interesting and fun to me. And so uh, I would do that. And for me, it started to become an act of obedience and trust in the Lord that I absolutely must take a 24 hours off to acknowledge that I, I do not get ahead by the sweat of my own brow. And so that was the initial issue in my own heart. And secondly, there's too much tech in our world, and we live in a really drastically reduced tech home. And even so, it's a wonderful respite to, to have a 24-hour period with no tech. So there's a rule for the Sabbath in your home that nobody is on tech? Right. Yeah, uh, including me. And so that's just the devices. So our kids, they're high school students. They have uh, iPhones, but they have no browser uh, at all. So it's something that they can do to text their friends. um, And they don't have access to being able to download apps. We have parental controls on that. Um, And so, but they still love to be texting with their friends. And so we put those phones away in the hall closet and... And the computers and the, everything goes away for the day. So you, you kind of have a turn-in spot. Everybody turn them in before the meal, and then they're yeah. not an issue. Yeah, I'll tell you, even better than that is every night at 9.30, I go around. It's a dumb little dance I do, but I go collect everything, and I drag it into our our my wife and I, my bedroom, and it's here because I don't want that Internet browser on that HP computer in my house unattended throughout the night. Good man. That's great. That's smart. The reason why is because you think it does you good? The reason why you do it? Well, I know it does me good. I also uh, felt instructed of the Lord to do it. So I I was sort of um, lovingly nudged into this. And, you know, I, I read the New Testament too, and I know that St. Paul says some people observe the feast and others they don't, and the mead and the not mead. And, and, and so in my background, this was always just kind of one of those things that you just get to opt out of. So if it's not all that central or, or um, if it's not emphasized by St. Paul, by the goodly St. Paul, then, it, then I don't need it. And so that was kind of how my thinking was at the time. And then slowly, I mean, I read um, some really amazing books about Sabbath and just realized we've got to start to implement this. And 
It has been phenomenal. What, what, what is a, a book you would recommend for people who want to really consider? A fantastic title is The Sabbath by Rabbi Heschel. Um, and that was really a pivotal book in my wife and I coming to this deeper understanding that this is important. Okay. It's worth, it's worth making the point that we Christians are great at, we always want to know what is the bare minimum we have to do to get to heaven? Tell us what, tell us whatever corners we can possibly sand off. Right. Um, Right. So the fact that it's one of the Ten Commandments isn't good enough for us. We want to know, would, would I go to hell if I didn't do that? I'll tell you another thing that's really funny about us, and by that I mean me, is that we are expert consumers. We are, we are the best. We may be the very best consumers that, that the globe has ever known, especially American uh, believers. What we want to know is, I surveyed my options I'm going to pick the thing with the most benefits and options, yes. and I'm going to incorporate that, and I'll eschew everything else. Just get it right. off my, my perimeter. Yeah. And um, that's really strange. I mean, that's a real consumeristic mindset yes. um, instead of what are the things that I know I can be do. You know, you're not supposed to tell Americans to eat their broccoli. Don't ever tell an American, go no, eat no. your broccoli. Tell, tell us that we're going to look better and that we'll have more esteem and our teeth will be whiter. Yes. That's what, we, that's what you have to do. I just saw a survey that said 80% of people who buy cosmetics don't just want them to make them look better. They want them to make them feel better. Right. Isn't that nuts? Okay. Yes. Oh, so I'm gonna just for just for reference for people who might not uh, be that familiar, haven't looked up stuff in your Bible about the Shabbat. I'm gonna start with a passage from Exodus 31. God talks about Sabbath several times in the Scripture. This one is the one with the most ganas connected to it. Here's this is uh, Exodus 31, starting in verse 12. The Lord said to Moses, "But as for you." Say to the Israelites, you shall most certainly observe my Sabbaths, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations. That means it doesn't end. As long as the family exists, Sabbaths exist, so that you may know without any doubt and acknowledge that I am the Lord who sanctifies you and sets you apart for myself. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you shall keep the Sabbath, the Shabbat, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it must be put to death. For whoever does work on the Shabbat, that person shall be cut off from among his people, excluding him from the atonement made for them. For six days work may be done, but the seventh is the Shabbat of complete rest, sacred to the Lord. Whoever does work on the Shabbat day must be put to death. He's kind of ringing that bell a couple of times. So the Israelites shall observe Shabbat to celebrate Shabbat throughout their generations as a perpetual, here comes a magic word, covenant. It is a sign between me and the Israelites forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he ceased and was refreshed. So the Lord underlines this practice over and over we grace people. Oh, we're grace people. We, we only read Galatians chapter 3 through 5. You know, that's all we read of the Bible. But Jesus reiterated the Shabbat, and he said this line, 
which goes back to the point you just made, which is man wasn't made for the Shabbat. Shabbat was made for man. So the, the, the instruction, the, the insight there is I made it for you I, because you people need this. Mm-hmm. It's a gift to you. It's not a noose around your neck. Oh, God's commands to us. We have to jump through another hoop for God. It's a gift that he gives us that he's like, you know, if you pour lemonade into your fuel tank of your car, it won't be good for you. I'm trying to tell you something that will make you work better. And the Shabbat is a gift to you. And you know, as far as that goes, you you mentioned earlier the the thing about sex. It's it's similar in that, oh, I'm going to be obedient, and I and I guess I'm going to not work for 24 hours. Whew. Okay. Are you kidding? It's 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 wonderful to be able to be intentionally reposed and without labor and to realize this is my worship this is a thing i do amazing it's like a double it's a double win and i'll also say i still fight in my mind to enter into the rest it is it is not the easiest thing for me to do here's what we'll do we'll just break it up like this we're going to talk through your benefit the benefits that you experience We'll talk through what does the day itself look like. I know that you and I both observe kind of the Jewish day. So the day begins when the sun goes down, mm-hmm. and it ends on Saturday when the sun goes down. So let's talk about the day itself. So that that typically means, you know, after dinner on Friday night, or whatever happens in that evening, and then the daytime of Saturday and then we'll finish with you kind of describing um, the, the little ceremony that you guys through go through. So first, tell, tell us some benefits you think your family experiences because you observe the Sabbath. Well, the first thing is that we built it into our family culture, and they now know that this is a thing that we do and this really does separate us out from even just even other believers that there's something peculiar we do and um and that that's okay and they have even got to the point where their friends now want to come over and have shabbat with us as well because they're like we love having shabbat at your house first of all my wife just does puts, puts this I mean, the meal is incredible, and there's this specific chocolate cake that she does, and it's it's good. And so the benefits are that even my my children's peers are now being drawn into our orbit. So that's a, that's a huge benefit and blessing. Yeah, great. Um, it sets it sets a tempo for the rest of the week. It helps a, a cadence. Um, it is a pretext. At, a precondition for why we got to get the house cleaned on Friday. And that's great because that goes into a weekend and then we have a clean house. That's wonderful. Um, well, let me just comment on that previous point that you made about it sets the tempo for the week. Um, we have an article on Abraham's wallet about first fruits and that the Lord loves first fruits and he loves us giving him the first part of the week because it signals to us and to our children and to our children's children forever that the whole week belongs to the Lord. But the first day 
is his alone and he will have no rivals on that day so it it reminds us and sets the tempo that he's our king so when we have a a prayer time throughout the week it references back to the sabbath you 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 might know this every sabbath is actually a mini passover so we have a little mini seder uh, every week we're always pointing back to the larger thing so i totally agree with that tempo of of your home it actually kind of rings in godliness for the week into your home that's right um i know that there's another big benefit is that the shabbat meal is also considered by many to be a celebration of the wife and mother yeah um and it is a powerful thing to me to see my children stand up when we get to the part in Proverbs 31. You know, our, her children will rise up and call her blessed. My children actually stand and they recite the back end part of it. And it just lets my children know this woman is to be honored in every respect. And um, her word and her sacrifice and her um, faithfulness are you're the recipient of all of that. And so this is a time in the week where we get to really honor and, and bless her. I think that's powerful because, you know, you may know this, Stephen, but those who have uh, traditionalist conservative views of the, wor- of the world are often accused of being, um, you know, oppressive or yeah. whatever, you know, just the, the total hogwash, right, about... Yeah about women and women's place in the home and how all that stuff. I'm like, okay, well, then, you know, I'm sure that you also are having a weekly time of celebration and um, honor for your wife in your home. Yes, good. And, uh, you know, that just tends to, like, diffuse that conversation quickly, which is you will not find a more honored woman in this city than the woman who's at my table. That's great. I'm going to play a little audio clip of actually you at your table and your family going over Proverbs 31. This is something that happens every week at your table, and it happened the week that I was there. Let's listen in as the Douglases read Proverbs 31. Bethany and Kristen, the mothers here at the table. All right, we are going to recite Proverbs 31. Okay. These are the sayings of King Samuel's mother. Who can find a virtuous wife? I did, and Mark did, and Stephen did. <laughs> For her worth is far above rubies. And Tim did. That's right. For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband trusts in her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all her days. She seeks wool and flax and works with her hands. She is like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is still night to provide food for her household and her servants. Lord, bring servants. Amen. She considers a field and buys it, and from her prophets. Lord, bring prophets. Amen, amen. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives her merchandise is good, and her lamp doesn't go out by night. She stretches her hand to the needy, and she is not afraid of snow, for her family is well clothed. Amen. She makes tapestries for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She opens her mouth in wisdom and the law of kindness and doesn't eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up 
they call her blessed. And they say, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Amen. Amen. So Lord, we just pray for Bethany and Kristen tonight. Um, That's fantastic. So I, th I think it goes without saying that um, Bethany and her sister Kristen feel they get filled up when they get that blessing every week, would you say? That is certainly my intention, and, and I believe that they do. Yeah, great. Any other benefits that come to mind? I mean, I mentioned the food and that chocolate cake. That's fairly that's a good large. Benefit. Yeah, that's, that's big for me. Um, it's been fun to actually have our in-laws over and the previous older generations to come in and sit down, and then yes. they get to... We generally will invite any... Anybody who's got gray hair that comes around, we immediately are going to start asking, tell us how you came to faith. Tell us. Yes. Um, typically, we ask two questions. Tell us your story of how you came to know and walk with the king. And then two, uh, we want to know when in your life have you heard the Lord speak to you and give mm -hmm. direction and guidance? Because wow. I want my kids to start to see the multiplicity of ways that the Lord engages his people right. and so that they can start to see in themselves oh okay i should probably be listening and asking that sort yeah. of thing I, I first heard of of that concept from jeremy Pryor, who said to bring bring family members and the generations around and as you honor them by giving them the the spotlight mm -hmm. Um, on the Sabbath, and they tell their story of coming to faith and what following Jesus looks like for them, you, you are weaving those threads through your children's heart that binds them to your, your story, the story of your family. I know that you guys are big on telling the generational story of your family because our children are going to drift toward that where they find the clearest identity. That's where they're going to go, particularly in their preteen and early teen years. Right. And, and as they find a groove there, this is who they'll become. And part of, I'm putting these words in your mouth right now, but, but part of the training up of your children in the way they should go would be training them, this is how our family has gone. We have right. gone toward the Lord. You're part of this family. This is the way our family goes. So I think that's a wonderful thing to do is, as you say, find the gray hairs nearby, have them give their story of, of Christ and go, that's our family. This is, this is the family that you're a part of. So, so let's get into uh, the day. What does the day look like? Well, uh, so when the meal is sort of resolved and everybody um, is content i mean there's there's just a fun moment right at the end where after the last bite is eaten and we've had our laughs and our conversations it just feels like all right well we got we got across the finish line and and now nothing now i have nothing i have no big obligation for the next 24 hours and so yeah. that's just fun so generally we st sit around and have more great conversation and then we don't clean up. We just kind of let the dishes sit there. If there's something horrific with a fish carcass, uh -huh. we'll probably take that out 
but the dishes just sit, you know, um, in the in the sink. Uh, and then our we've made it a point. We I have three high school kids at this point, and Ooh. so they uh, they are free after Shabbat meal. They have to be there for the meal every week. But afterwards, if their friends are going to a movie or whatever, they can leave. They can go after the meal. Um, but then. We sometimes we'll watch a movie together. Sometimes we'll. Uh, my youngest daughter is hilarious. She draws and does very peculiar things. Huh. Um, if we have guests, they typically are going to stay probably for another hour and a half to two hours after the meal, just in more conversation. Um, Good yeah, we don't we don't uh, watch a lot of movies at our house, uh, so. You know, generally they'll they'll like have something picked out that they want to watch as a family for Friday night. Then we sleep in on Saturday morning, um, and I read a lot. I go on walks around the neighborhood. When the weather's nice, we go to drive over to a, a, a national forest in the area, go hiking in Huntsville. We will. Uh, I have a hammock in the backyard. We're just we're just relaxing the entire day, uh, and. That's wonderful. I might have a friend stop by. People just stop by our house often, so we may have coffee on the front porch with an old friend. Yeah, that's it. Until right. until uh, you know sundown the next day. Is there something that you do to signify the end of the Sabbath when the sun goes down? There's really not. Yeah, no, okay. it just kind of the sun drops and we're like, okay, there we go. Get on with it. There we go. Yeah. Okay, now let's let's talk a little bit about the the dinner, the the ceremony whereby you ring in the Sabbath. Um, what is the what's the run down there, and how did you come up with that? We I remember we um, read the book by the rabbi, but then we also read another book that was from a Messianic Jew, and she said, "Hey, these are the ways that you can incorporate like." Um, communion into it here's how you can uh, add things to the blessing the traditional blessing so it's not just Ephraim and Manasseh is part of the blessing over the sons but we actually have brought in like may you be like Peter who the Lord uh, considered to be the rock that that he would build his church upon and we try and do things to uh sort of meld the Old Testament and some of the New Testament. Uh, for daughters, may God make you like Mary and Martha who love Jesus deeply. So th that's something that we've added to the sons and daughters' blessings. Um, and, of course, we do communion. So so your, your sons and daughter blessings, you, you're, you're not ad-libbing those. They're written out. They are written out, but then after I do the that reading over them, that pronouncement over them, I often just go, I want to add some more. So um, if I've noticed something about their studies or whatever, I'll just speak more blessing as it sort of surfaces in that week. Okay. So let's, let's do a rundown here. Starts with when people kind of approach the table, mm -hmm. the first thing is that the father's wash the hands of the family well we stand up and we say shabbat shalom and then everybody says shabbat shalom and then uh the my wife will take a candle and and light the sabbath lights and then she initiates the the evening with a prayer 
And um, when she's done, oh, we also, because when we have a bunch of little kids around, we kind of just stop and say, all right, put your fingers over your mouth. Good. All right, we quiet our mouths to quiet our hearts. And then we just stop and we'll wait for a couple minutes and let everybody get calm. And then this, the Sabbath lights and then um, the, the prayer to open. And then we go to the head of each home washes the hands of everybody in their household. And if we have guests, we wash their hands as well. Generally, as I'm pouring the water over hands, I just say, thank you, Jesus, for washing us clean. And, um, and then we go back to the table. We, I put extend hands. I don't have a shawl but I just kind of extend hands over my sons, pronounce the blessing, and then uh, ad-lib some blessing, go to my daughters, put hands over daughters, bless them, um, and then uh, go to, and also uh, at that point move to blessing the wife, which is we read Proverbs 31, and then I will just pray a blessing over her impromptu, and then my brother will put, pray a blessing over his wife, and from there, um, we go to communion, and we break bread and wine, and we pass it around, and we reflect on the goodness of Christ Jesus, who uh, allows us uh, entry into this rest. So, How do you do communion? Does everybody get one piece of bread, and then you say something over everybody? No, I just um, take the loaf and break it, and um, just remind people of the passages of in, in the scriptures I might read a passage um, and then we pass and break the bread and it goes person to person um, oh each person kind of says a blessing to the person beside that's them right as they pass the, bread. the body of Christ broken for you okay and then it comes back around and then we pass the wine the blood of Christ spilled for you um, and then as it comes back we do a closing blessing and then we feast and then sometimes uh, when, as when I was there during the meal, I guess it's every once in a while you'll have content for during the meal. When I was there, it was it was poetry night. Everybody did a poem. Yeah. Oh, there's frivolity during the uh, feasting for sure. And like you were there the night we did poems, so I think everybody brought a poem that they just liked or brought a piece that they had created. Yeah. Yes. Um, so let, let's hear your oldest son Liam. He actually. Well, let's have him introduce it. I was impressed. So I wrote a psalm in uh, a psalm of praise in Latin. Mm -hmm. So would you like the either translation? Is there a particular both. one you want? You want both? I mean, go Latin first. Yeah, go Latin. Okay. Perplex us first. No. No. No, 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 no. I... Okay, it starts out with Bam Dominus Nam Burio Agatus Mundi. Nam Agatus Burio Agat Me Ego uh, Laborus Ad Domini Itaki Secuda Sapen Ego Muse uh, Premium. And in. Hakuna Matata. Yeah. I couldn't sit here. Any of that gibberish you just said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're not that really gibberish. supposed to. Um, so, but in English it reads, Bless the Lord for his mighty doings drive the world. For his mighty doings drive me. I work as unto the Lord, and knowledge and wisdom is my reward. Amen. Yeah. So there's Liam actually doing a 
Latin poem that he wrote and then from school, the, right. The translation. Uh-huh. And, and how often is, is there something like that that's sort of programmed? Um, we do that probably once a month, and okay. it may be uh, just everybody bring um, the most amazing thing you learned this week. Or um, we might do a joke night. We might do a, you know, t- tell, us, tell us about why you select this as your favorite film. What is it that you so appreciate about the film? I'm just trying to okay. give like little impromptu questions to kind of stoke the fire a little bit. Great. Anything else you want to say? I would just say also that um, if we're going to do things that preclude our children from fully engaging in the culture that surrounds them, if we're going to be drawing lines and setting perimeters, right, about, well, you can't do that and you won't do this and that is not our culture, you have to be backfilling with some amazing things in your own culture right. to, to entice them and to woo their souls to, I like my culture better than what I see around me. Yeah. I, I appreciate um, and feel edified by my culture at a magnitude of like 5x to anything I feel uh, in the outside culture. So, and, and it is totally a father's prerogative to define terms and set perimeters. If I want my kids to paint their faces green every Thursday, well, they're going to go, dad's cuckoo, but here it's Thursday, we're painting our face. So it really is whatever, you have total freedom. This is a thing that I want people to understand you have total freedom to build into your household anything that you think extends the purposes of the lord in your household there's no there's no rules about that it's i mean there's you have total freedom and you just can go i know enough about the lord that this matters to him so you know what on tuesday mornings we all get together and x y or z it, yeah. it, you have total liberty, and as long as you're uh, cultivating the the presence of the Lord in your household, you can have as much fun as you like. And I think that it's going it will woo uh, it will woo your your children in a way that they go. Not only am I thrilled with my culture, but I want to see it extended. I can begin to imagine what uh, my household will begin to look like. I want oh, yeah. to do to do that. We have a we have a uh, a year in our house called twenty one thirty six, and I periodically will just say, "Hey, what's twenty one thirty six? And my kids will go, "That's the year that my kids will have their hundredth birthday." And it's obviously a rough approximation, yeah. But I I want them to know. You, you, you're going to be a blip in a memory. And mm. so I asked my son today, he was, he was horsing around in the living room instead of doing what I knew he was supposed to be doing because I know he has a deadline for something. Mm. And I said, what are you doing right now for 2136? And he was like, all right, I got it, I got it, I got it. And so he sat back down and kept going. But like this understanding that I am going to be building into the next generation, I want them thinking about that early. So 
that's that's all oh, the only other thing I would add. Great thoughts. Thank you for your time, Mark, and uh, I uh, I bless you guys. Shabbat's coming up tomorrow that's night, right. so I'll just say early Shabbat Shalom to you. Hey, thank you.